Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, sometimes cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 108. Hello, welcome. Gosh, it's so good to be here. I never mean to take the longer breaks between episodes, but here we are. First, let's talk about tea. I often forget to talk about my cup of tea. So today I am drinking Harney and Sons Black Casket Bourbon, and it is described as a smoky black tea with vanilla and caramel. And um, I'm not a big flavored tea person, but Harney and Sons, you know, when they talk about vanilla and caramel, it's it's like very subtle undertones. So I believe this was a, a gift, and it's just in the most beautiful, um, like, navy blue and copper tin. It's beautiful. And it's in the tea bags, which, you know, I often do loose leaf tea, and it's always a little bit of a treat to have a high quality tea bag because then I can be lazy. Um, I do like this tea, but I don't love, love, love it. And the one reason is it's the smoky um, element. So I'm not a person that likes really like smoked meat. Um, if a recipe calls for smoked paprika, I will not use smoke. I don't like smoked paprika. I'm not into the smoky flavor. And this, it's not overwhelming, but it's there. So I don't think I'll repurchase this. But if this is your jam, if something like smoky, and I guess that's what the black casket bourbon is, you know, the smoky um, caskets that they age bourbon in, that's what that's about, then this might totally uh, be your jam. What is super fun is that I'm drinking it out of a mug that my son's girlfriend made. She um, is very into ceramics and she makes some gorgeous um, coffee mugs and I bought one from her and um, she when she would see it she was unhappy with a few little elements like she didn't like the handle and stuff so she made what I consider the um, the sister cup where she feels like she like corrected those things I mean I love both of them um, but this is it's this one's a little bit bigger this uh, mug and I'll probably maybe I'll take a picture and put it in the show notes um, and um, and I do like you know a generous portion of coffee or tea so that is it's like my new favorite mug I love it Well, it is December 10th, so we're two weeks before Christmas Eve, and, you know, full Christmas mode activated around here. Well, it will not be complete till the kids are here, but um, I'm decorated. I um, actually just put the ornaments on the tree last night. Um, It's just had lights since uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then I went and added more lights because I think it's about time we replace our tree. Um, they're kind of dim. The lights are dim and there's not enough. So I, I added that. And I just love a Christmas tree with just lights on it. So that's been fun. But once I get the actual ornaments and it's, you know, all the ornaments from, you know, when they were little and things, it, you know, then it just has a whole new level of, of specialness. So, um, yeah, I just keep trying new things. Is anyone else like me that I get out all the Christmas stuff and I lay it out on our dining room table slash sewing table and I always feel a little overwhelmed. Like, how did I do this last year? The last two years, I've taken photos of how I've done the tablescapes and things. And, and I look back and I'm like, eh, I don't really like that. So I try something new every year. Last year, I went big on real garland that I got from Costco. And um, my husband expressed that he didn't love that, that it was a little um, like Dr. Susie for him. It was a little Susian. 
So I backed off of that this year. But anyways, it's all done. And I just love getting up in the morning and turning on the Christmas tree lights and sitting there with my coffee. So that's been that's been really fun. The kids are going to start rolling in in the next few weeks. Ben will be home from college. Not exactly sure when. He has to check his work schedule. And then the two older ones, Chloe and Jonah, they'll be here um, like on the 21st, pretty much through... They're leaving at different times, but I think we'll have a, you know, a good, solid, Chloe will be here for 10 days from Chicago, and I'm super excited about that. You know what I'm curious about is those of you who are ahead of me on this journey with older kids, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like, what you do with your older kids, I mean, we are having to let go of some of our older traditions just because they just don't fit anymore. And, and um, you know, maybe find some new ones that are more appropriate for this season of life. You know, like we, what have we, well, you know, I used to always do the, the pajamas um, on Christmas Eve. And now that like nobody's growing <laughs> and boys are not super into pajamas, I haven't done that for the last few years because, you know, it, it just, it, it seems like a dumb way to spend, you know, a hundred bucks minimum <laughs> when they maybe will never wear them again. So Chloe does, but I don't think the boys do. Um, and we still do, you know, like make some hot chocolate and we walk around, we have a particular neighborhood that is, um, very cool with the Christmas lights. We still do that. That's fun. Um, but you know, there's just, uh, we don't make as many Christmas cookies and the boys are uninterested in that anymore. Chloe does that. Um, and she and I do that together, but, um, yeah, I'm just curious about what, what are your, um, you know, new traditions that, that make sense for, for older kids. I would love to know about that. Well, I know we are all busy, so let's get right to it. But before we do, I would like to thank Aliso for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. As you know, Aliso makes high-quality irons and ironing accessories. Aliso Smart Irons are the only irons with an auto-lift feature. I love this feature. By simply touching the handle, the iron lowers down and is ready to press. You take your hand off, the iron lifts up, preventing scorched fabrics, and is so much easier on your wrist and shoulders. I absolutely love that feature of my Aliso irons. The new Aliso M3 Pro Project Iron, the new smaller crafting iron, is tailor-made for sewing, quilting, crafting, but it has the performance of a full-size iron in a sleek little compact design. I've got a review of that iron coming up later in the next segment. All of these irons come in multiple gorgeous colors, coral and aqua and, you know, um, an orchid, purple one, just so many different colors, just so that you can match your iron to your own personal style. Not to mention the collaborations they have with, um, with, with different makers that have an even like kind of funkier approach. But also, let's not forget about the Aliso ironing accessories, which I also love. Did you know that they make wonderful um, ironing board covers and they have 14 by 14 inch wool mats and those I've done a re uh, review on those before and those easily connect together with these little silicone connectors so that you can create your own sort of custom ironing surface you can do it all the way across your ironing board or or put four together for a really large ironing surface on um, a table because these are thick wool mats they're like a half an inch thick and they also have these um, cute little uh, ironing carry bags. So if you are going to a retreat or something like that, you can protect your iron in one of those. I will put a link in the show notes to all of these things um, on the Aliso website. So feel free to check those out. And thank you, Aliso. Okay, so let's talk some quilting. 
I am sort of ashamed to admit that since our last podcast, I have not made um, real progress. I have three quilts um, done with backs, ready to go to the long armor, um, but I just have not actually done that yet. You know what I did on the Black Friday when um, that quarter shop was having their big 20% off sale? I actually thought, oh, I'm going to go buy all three backs that I need for these quilts. So I pulled them out to do measurements and realized that two of them I had already purchased backs for. So that's how long these have been in the works. That ever happened to you? But I did have one um, the, that... I can't remember which one it's for because I did switch things around when I thought, oh, that back will work better for this quilt. But I treated myself for the first time to a 108 inch wide back. So I won't even, I don't even have to do the seam to, to make the back. And I used um, thatched fabric. I think it makes a great quilt back because it's not solid, you know, sort of a semi-solid. I just love thatched, um, that uh that line from Moda by designed by Robin Pickens. So I did it in sea foam. I had, you know, I had, I have a thatched color card and I picked out two colors, you know, either one of these would be a good choice. And then one of them, the sea foam turned out to be available as 108 inch. And it turned out to be cheaper to do it that way than to buy it, um, you know, separately and, and, sew them together and I felt like I'd done that math in the past and it, it wasn't cheaper to do the the wide back but I'm I'm just like thrilled that I get to not have to prepare I just have to trim it um so the the pattern that you know is next up that my husband keeps bugging me about <laughs> is the ridges pattern that I am planning to make for this room that I'm recording in right now um it used to be my daughter's room and I mean I don't know I feel weird that we I'm just, we're going to call them the kids' rooms. Uh, it, they almost seem like guest rooms because we have banished all vestiges of their childhood from these rooms. But it's got a, a queen-size bed, and I'm going to put this quilt over the top. And I have, um, so it's, I'll, I put, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's, it, I had one last uh, episode, too. But it's a series of, like, five mountain ranges. So it's up to me to... Um, figure out the shading of it and I've learned from photographs and from driving around here that the contrary to what would be um, you know sort of intuitive to me the darker mountains are in front of you and they get lighter and I'm just I'm having a little bit of trouble figuring out which shades I mean I think I'm, I'm going to go with like three shades of blue and two shades of kind of gold for, for light and um, it's like I need to pick out five fabrics <laughs> really three in the blues and I'm like I can't do it so I just need to bite the bullet I might call Robin and go Robin help me figure this out because <laughs> she's she's very helpful so I know that once I have the fabrics this pattern is going to come together in no time it is just a series it looks curvy but you know also ragged because they're mountains and it's just um any of the the changes you know the raggedness is just they're half square half half rectangles mostly maybe some half square triangles too but it'll it'll come together so fast so if I can just I just need to get over that hurdle and get over myself <laughs> um I was on Instagram today and I have one of my very favorite um Instagram follows is Holly Grove Quilts I'll put a link in the show notes I've talked about her before she makes these absolutely fabulous um modern quilts and um she had today she had taken um some you know, modern improv blocks, you know, I, I don't know how big, let's just say an eight or 10 inch block. And she just spray basically just mounted them on a um, piece of like uh, heavy duty matting. So, you know, it's, it's, and that was white and she had them just uh, 
on shelves in a bathroom. And it was just like such a cool, easy way to decorate. And I've got these two rooms that I re recently redid that that I need to fill <laughs> with some things on the walls. And I thought, oh my gosh, that seems like a, a really good idea. So I might try something like that. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. Um, the other quilt I was thinking about, and I don't know if I will um, pull the trigger on it, is I saw um, on the Fat Quarter Shop is um, has a quilt kit called Tea Party by Flamingo Toes. Um, she designs for Riley Blake Designs. It's her, she has a, a tea time um, themed um, collection that's out right now. And this adorable quilt pattern that has these teapots and like stacked teacups. I mean, it's super cute. And the quilt kit is like $119, which is not a bad price for, you know, for the, the pattern and the quilt and, and the fabrics, you know, I thought, oh. so anyways, pondering that one, I'm not sure if I'm going to pull the trigger on it. It is definitely, you know, um, a little bit on the cutesier side, which I've moved away from a bit, but I don't know, it's tea people. <laughs> I might not be able to resist it. So, um, okay. So the other thing, a couple more things to talk about before I get to the Aliso Iron Review is Fat Quarter Shop also sent a book called Celebrate with Quilts by Lisa Alexander and Susan Aki. And you may know um, Lisa Alexander as Moda Lisa. She's like the director of marketing for Moda and an unbelievable fabric designer and um, not fabric designer, um, quilt pattern designer with multiple books to her credit and she and Susan Aki have a couple books together. So this is called Ce um, Celebrate with Quilts and it's a really, it's it's a hefty book. It's very thick and there's so much in this. I'm going to be so glad to have this on my bookshelf. So what's cool about this is that at the beginning of the book they have 60, 60 sampler blocks and they're just all different styles of blocks that you might want to use for, well, I mean, for a single quilt or a sampler quilt. So it's like a 60 um, block quilt, uh, block, whatever, what do I want to say? Um, like a reference, a reference book. And so they have, um, so they have all of those 60 blocks and then 12 quilts that put those blocks together in different ways that can be seasonal and some of them are more I mean they don't it's not over the top seasonable seasonal they've got this one called the blueprint quilt which is kind of cool is they've kind of um laid something out with some um connector blocks and to kind of suggest how you could put together your own favorite sampler quilt um there's a blue and white quilt so that doesn't seem very seasonal to me but then they they have these ones that there's definitely a very fourth of july quilt they have one the irish weave quilt so that's kind of you know maybe for March or St. Patrick's Day. Here's the flag one. The flag quilt's super cool. It's, how big is this? Um, oh, why can't I see it? I mean, it, oh, there it is, 85 by 68. So it's a full-size quilt and the whole thing makes a flag. And in each of the red stripes are different quilt blocks set on point with um with red coping triangles so they make the stripes and then of course you've got the stars in the, the blue stars and it's it's called the land that i love quilt and it is i don't know it's just very super cool there's um there is one that is you know hearts for valentine's day so anyways the point is is that they oh here's a halloween one <laughs> that they have 60 blocks 12 quilts that can be seasonal or not depending on how you color them and um, it's just an absolutely beautifully done book. So I will put a link in the show notes and you can check it out for yourself.
I also wanted to mention, I think a lot of you who listen also follow my friend Frances Dowell with the Quilt Fiction Podcast. She writes quilt fiction stories um, that you can, you know, listen to on her podcast. And she comes out every year with a Christmas story. And that is going to be coming out soon. Um, I think probably later this week. So if you don't already subscribe to that podcast, I will put a link in the show notes and you absolutely should. Um, So she wrote the book, um, Friendship Album 1933, which, um, and then she's done a 1934 follow-up to that as well. That's kind of um, just finished up recently. And there are, you know, these characters from that book. And um, then she has been writing Thanksgiving and Christmas stories that take those characters and put them um, in a different place, like usually a younger version of themselves. And so it's always so fun to get the backstory on some of these characters. So I just highly recommend that you check that out. And then she has the Story Guild. It's a membership site where um, you have access to a lot more of the stories that she's doing um, on a, you know, on a regular basis. So definitely check that out. All right, now I want to talk about the Aliso M3 Pro Project Iron that um, Aliso so kindly sent me to check out and to tell you about. So I have the last version of their Project Iron as well, and this one is a little bit different. It's definitely an upgrade to it. It's just a tiny bit bigger, but still plenty, you know, compact to take to a retreat or if you're the type that takes your sewing on vacation it's still plenty compact for that Um, and as I mentioned before they have these little wool um, or felt uh, carry all carry containers for them that you know would really protect it but okay let's talk about the features of this thing first of all one one thing I love about Aliso irons is that they have such generous cords this has an eight inch cord which I love it is a steam iron if you so choose, there's a steam setting on it. You don't have to use the steam, but um, it takes tap water. <laughs> and uh, I hate to have a gallon of distilled water around for my iron. I did that for many years. So I so appreciate that it's tap water. So one thing about this iron is it gets hot. It is as powerful as a full-size iron. And I put it to the test this week. Um, by just pulling, you know, some crumpled (laughs) fabrics out of my stash. I was working, I was testing a block for a friend and it was a bit of a smaller block. And as you probably know that when you piece smaller blocks, it's a little hard to get them to to lay completely flat. So first of all, I pulled my scraps out of my stash and ironed those flat. Um, So you can do it, I, I tried it in all the different ways. Um, I tried it just, you know, just with it on the hottest setting, but no steam. It did a good job. Then I tried the steam and the steam is quite powerful. I even looked up, there's a YouTube video, um, from Aliso on these irons to, to double check how you use the steam and you do kind of pick it up a little bit. And there's these two buttons on the side, super easy to just squeeze. And, um, one of them activates steam at the top of the iron one activates steam at the bottom so you can be very deliberate about where you want the steam like you just i just want it here at the top that would be the one i think i would most often use is just i just need this little this little spot right here that's stubborn i need a little steam or if you press them both at the same time you get a powerful blast of steam so the steam works amazing um and then um i also tried it with um this stuff that minky gave me to try it's uh, it's called quilting and crafting steamer boost by magic is the company and it worked really well if i'm being honest i don't exactly know what it is i think it's not starch 
<laughs> but it it's, it's to be used um, to boost the results of steaming. So it says that it is perfect for removing fold lines, finishing quilts, wall hangings, table runners, um, you know, toe bags, anything like that that you can um, that you want to steam or iron. It's going to just make it go that much flatter. So. Um, it worked well in every case with this this little uh, Aliso iron. Um, what's different about this than other Aliso previous irons is, so th the last project iron, um, well, they both come with a little silicone mat that fits over it for storage, and it has a little thing where you can hang it. So if you've got one of those pegboards or something, you can hang it. But then when you take it off and flip it over, it's just it's a silicone mat that you can leave your iron horizontal because if you've been using Aliso irons, you have been taught to do that, which is a little bit of a hazard <laughs> when you use someone else's iron. You use that muscle memory. So that still has that. You can still just keep it... Um, horizontal on top of the silicone mat but you can also sit it up on its end because they have moved the cord over to the side and um and i've found out that when you are not using it and you have it up on its end it has a 30 minute shut off so it stays on for a good long time if you keep it horizontal down on the silicone mat it has a 10 minute shut off so it's good that you've got some some options there um and so where, where the cord is, is best place for if you're left-handed, but there are instructions um, for how to move that cord to the other side if you are left-handed. And I have a friend, uh, Vicki, who tested that and it works just fine. So that's a, a pretty cool feature too, that you can adjust that. Um, something that they have that I have never seen in an iron is there's a little light that as soon as you, it turns on, a light shines and it, so it's shining right, it's like a little headlamp, little headlamp, right onto your fabric, which really helps you, you know, see little um, wrinkles and creases and things that you haven't quite gotten out, especially, I don't know, we probably all work in some questionable um, lighting. So that really helps. And there's this super cool detailer tip where it comes out a little, the, the, the sole plate of it comes out a little further than the tip of the top of the iron so that you could really get in there to like if you do applique or if you, you really need to get into a corner I, I'm thinking that the next time I have to iron a shirt which I you know do not do very often and really try not to but if I have to this is the perfect iron for it because it's got this thin little tip that can really get in there at the shoulders and um, you know in the cuffs and things like that and not to mention you could probably just hang it up on a on a hanger and use the little steamer thing and just steam it because the steam is so powerful. So um, yeah, I, I feel like I really put it through its paces and absolutely loved it. I'm so glad to have it. I, so when I used it um, last night, I was uh, working on these, the small block from, from a template and um, I was so nice to just have it right next to me on a wool mat. And so, it, you know, to just do those little, you know, I just need to press this, this part open and then put it back under the machine with the next piece. And I didn't have to get up and walk to the, the ironing board. You know, once you get to big blocks, you might want a bigger iron. Um, so then you have the big Aliso iron, but for when you're doing units, um, just smaller units that make up a quilt block, something like this is completely perfect. So anyways, I just that's my honest review of the M3 Pro Project Iron from Aliso. All right, let's talk for a second about cross-stitching and knitting in which I do not have a lot to report. I am just plugging away on the same projects I was working on last month. I've got that little Christmas um, cross-stitch project that was the 
fat quarter shop mystery and it's super cute and I love working on it it's just there's, it, it's there's a lot to fill in on it so it's been a little bit of slow going but I've made a real concentrated effort to finish my elementary wrap I'm working on it not every day but a lot of the days of the week and I was working on it last night and um, I think it's as tall as me now and I I'm you know, well into the third ball of yarn. And this is uh, the yarns from Pearl Soho and it's the uh, linen quill. And it is so beautiful to work with. And I am determined to finish this, this um, winter and get it blocked. I'd really love to take it with me to QuiltCon because um, I like to have like a wrap on an airplane. So I just need to figure out like how big does the, was the pattern. I haven't looked at that for a long time. I was just going to go to, um, you know, till I finish this ball of yarn but at some point it's going to be ridiculous it's going to be have you ever seen that picture of, of Lenny Kravitz where he's like basically wearing like a full blanket around his neck <laughs> it's starting to give those vibes so I need to stop and uh, and measure so maybe I will be done with that soon and then I am just hankering to knit some socks and I've got the yarn um, and it's, I've already you know uh, put it into a ball and everything it is ready to go um but I'm going to be monogamous with my elementary wrap. So, and I'll probably put a link in the show notes, but I've been talking about this for literally over two and a half years now, I think. So I apologize for that. All right, let's switch over to books. I have a few finishes I want to talk about. Um, first of all, from an audiobook standpoint, I finished Still Life by Sarah Winman. And this book, it's very long as an audiobook, and it was some slow going for me. I've been listening to it for a long time, or, you know, I, I abandoned it for long periods of time. Um, it took me a while to get into it, but now, once I got some momentum on it, I love it. And I want my daughter to read it, and I have my best friend is going to um, Italy in January. And um, this a lot of this book takes place in Florence, and she's visiting Florence. And I'm like, as soon as you get back, you need to read this book, because... Um, they're, they name drop places in Florence and it's just so fun to go, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> and it just, and you can picture it so, so well. So I think I've talked about it before, but it is um, one of those uh, sort of epic stories. It starts um, in during World War II with this woman named Evelyn and um, she's kind of a, an older woman and she's working for uh, the resistance um, during the war and she meets this young soldier um, named Ulysses. Gosh, I hope that's right. Um, and I finished this a while ago. And you, so you follow their stories separately. And, um, I, you know, I just, I never know how to talk about these things without giving too much away, but they each live some very interesting lives. And then of course, you know, you just know things are going to come together at some point. And it is just, it's, you know, it, the, the war finishes up pretty quickly at the beginning of this book. So it's just like kind of what happens with them afterwards. And it's, you know, it's got some amazing characters and some, you know, great character arcs and, um, and then, you know, it takes place in Florence a lot. <laughs> and who doesn't love that? I wouldn't have known that Florence was such an amazing place before we went, but it is. So I'd highly recommend Still Life. And I also finished up a book I've talked about before called The Taste of Ginger by Mansi Shaw. It's her debut novel, and it's about a, um, a, a woman who was born in India. Her parents immigrated. She lived in Chicago, I think, when she was about seven. And she grew up really just trying to 
um, really tamp down the Indian part of her and just, you know, really be as American as she could be and kind of uh, semi-resented her, her heritage. And then um, she ends up going back to India because of a, a family tragedy. And she learns a whole lot about herself and her culture and what and, and the caste system um, that figures in, in, in a big way. And it is very interesting. So she came from a higher caste in India but when she was in um, America, you know, she was often the only brown person in a room and she's just was always trying, she always felt on the outside and always was, was just trying to fit in. And then when she goes to India, she's um, considered an, an NRI, a non-resident Indian. And so she doesn't really fit in there anymore either. And then she befriends somebody but they are from a lower caste, and so that's got issues. And and so she just, you know, all of these things about um, about race and and privilege and 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 how you fit into the world and how easy that is for you is all um, becomes very apparent in a in a very charming story. I have already got her second book, and I'm very um, and it's it's not a continuation; it's just her her second novel. And I'm looking forward to reading that because I really enjoyed the taste of ginger. Um, the non, I've been trying to read a bit of a nonfiction book every morning, and um, I read 10% Happier by Dan Harris, and it was really, really good. So Dan Harris is, uh, or was a, um, a reporter and a news anchor, um, I think mostly for ABC, whatever, whatever channel or whatever network Peter Jennings was, was on. Peter Jennings was his mentor. And um, so he, the Stan Harris, he's very, it's, it's just, it's written as a memoir, um, which I don't always love memoirs, but it was just very entertaining and very interesting. So he is, you know, he's the kind of guy that's, you know, gets all the assignments to go to Iraq and, you know, just, he's always in the war zones. He's always doing these, these hard reporting jobs. And then he had the religion beat for a long time. And um, somewhere along the line, he was really, he was very, he had a lot of anxiety, as you might, with jobs like this. Um, and he was trying to figure out how to sort of calm down his, his monkey mind. And he stumbled across the practice of meditation. But it really wasn't that simple because he went through multiple, like, gurus to find what worked for him and he really takes you along in great detail on that journey including going on a 10-day silent meditation retreat which he takes you through day by day and it was very very interesting so anyways um, I've been meaning to start my own meditation practice um, but until I started talking to you about this I'd kind of forgotten about it but I you know, scientifically meditation is proven to be a, a healthful thing to do and um so that is something that I would like to work into my life a little bit more. So if you're at all interested in that, 10% happier. And, and the, the title comes from like someone asking him, why do you meditate? And he said, I don't know. It like, it makes me like 10% happier. <laughs> and that just seems like so achievable, right? Um, it's just, you know, it's not, you know, his life was not transformed by this. It's just like, ah, it's just a thing that, that I find a very useful tool to, um, for my everyday life. So I enjoyed that. Um, I, I, I started looking for some Christmas type reads and I don't know where I saw this, but um, on Kindle, they had for like 99 cents Agatha Christie's 
Adventure of the Christmas Pudding. It it turned out, I thought I was buying a novel. It was a short story, but you get what you pay for. It was 99 cents. It was very, you know, I read it like um, in two days during my my lunch break. And um, it was very, it was very cute. It's a Hercule Poirot um, story. So I don't know if it's still on sale, but it was, it was just the little interjection of of a Christmas story that I really enjoyed. Of course, my, uh, my, Yearly read, reread of Winter Solstice is underway. This year I'm doing it as an audiobook. I have the the print book, the ebook, and the audiobook. So whatever I'm in the mood for, <laughs> I can pick it up. And so that's my um, my audiobook right now. Um, I have talked about it forever uh, by Rosamund Pilcher. Um, um, you know what? I've talked about this book for so many years. I'm not even going to go into it, but it is a wonderful read. And I have found out that when somebody ever mentions it online, so many people go, I read it every single year. Like I thought I invented uh, reading Winter Solstice every year, but apparently not. Lots of people do it. And I'm curious if you have a book that you read every Christmas, um, a novel that, that you reread every year. I would love it if you would share that with me because I would love to kind of expand. I'm, you know, I'm not super into a lot of these seasonal things like that. Like I don't really do the Hallmark Christmas movies, but um, I do love a good story and that it, and it does kind of get you in the Christmas mood. So let me know about that. The other book that I am reading is Esme um, Cahill. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, Fails Spectacularly. So it's Esme C-A-H-I-L-L, Cahill, Fails Spectacularly by Marie Bostwick, our own Marie Bostwick, who um, writes the quilt fiction series, um, give me it, what is it, the Cobbled Court series, which I absolutely loved. And she hasn't really done a quilting um, book for in, in a while. Um, there is some sewing in this book. I think every one of her books contains a little bit of sewing. <laughs> but... Um, it is good. So she, I follow her on Instagram and she mentioned that it was on, it was like $2.99 or something for Kindle. So I bought it and um, it's really cute. I don't want to go too much into it because I am, I'm only about a third of the way through, but it's about a, um, a woman who, um, she is into her professional life. So she's like in her late twenties um, and she's a book editor and some things, she fails spectacularly and she ends up going back to her home um, where her grand, she was raised by her grandparents and they have a, um, like a resort, um, in this beautiful area, like right on a lake. I want to say it's a North Carolina. I'm not really sure. Um, but it's, it's getting kind of run down and, um, she kind of is in the right place at the right time to, um, to help out, to bring this place back to life. So that's the setup. Um, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but, um, I really am enjoying Marie Bostwick's writing. Um, I think she's a fabulous writer and she tells some great stories. So I am enjoying that. Let's talk some TV shows. So I went on record last podcast that I didn't really get why Ted Lasso was such a big thing. And I have since finished Ted Lasso. And I have to tell you that that last season, he absolutely grew on me. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, I love Ted Lasso. (laughs) And I get, I get um, that what's interesting about that show is that it's a very positive, wholesome show on many levels. And what is a mismatch for me is the number of F-bombs they drop per minute. (laughs) 
in that show, extremely high. So it's like, it's one of those things where like, if I had a middle schooler at this point, I might want to watch the show with them because it's really got some good positive messages, but I could not get past the language of it. I mean, also there's some sex stuff that I probably, you know, would have had trouble with too, but it's just like, it's kind of interesting how it's wholesome yet not. But um, by the time I got to the end, I thought it they ended the series very well. So anyways, um, I got a tiny bit of pushback about, I can't believe you don't like Ted Lasso, Patty, but actually you know what? I came around by the time I got to the end. So anyways, I, I stand corrected. The other um, show we watched is Lessons in Chemistry. And I have not read the book. I meant to read the book, but um, the show was great. All these shows I'm going to talk about, I think basically are on Apple TV right now. Um, so I don't know if they did a good job of translating the book to screen. And if I'd read the book, I would probably... Um, you know, have that feeling of like, how is anybody understanding this? They don't have enough backstory, you know, that feeling, but it all worked. Um, Brie Larson was amazing. Really enjoyed that. And then my daughter suggested um, another show on Apple TV called The After Party. And it was so much fun. So the idea of this show is there is a high school reunion and there is an after party after the reunion. It's, the, it's a 15-year high school reunion, and one of the people from the um, party, you know, it's actually the party's at his house. He's become a, um, a star, kind of a movie star and recording star, and, um, and he dies. So that's like the beginning, you know, it's all about his murder. And so there's this, you know, handful of people at the party at the spectacular house, and um, so we need to figure out who did it. So... Uh, they each episode they interview one suspect and um as the detective says t I, I want you to tell me your whole story about this whole night i want to i want to see your mind movie and so every episode once they start telling their story is done in a different movie genre so there's one that's like um sort of an you know an action movie one is a rom-com there's one that is actually animated um, there's like the, you know, more like a, a, a thriller, just, just like every genre you can think of. And it, and so the whole thing is very funny. And then that added layer is, um, just makes it that much funnier. Oh, one of the, the things is a Wes Anderson style movie. So my husband and I have like kind of, I mean, we kind of know what that vibe is, but we realized we haven't really seen a, very many Wes Anderson movies. So that's going to be on our list of, to kind of knock that off, um, and he did, Wes Anderson did the, what's it called? The Fantastic Mr. Fox. And the animated one is a little bit like that, I believe. Kind of, uh, I could be wrong about that. Anyways, super fun. Then there's a second season. We're like, how in the world is there a second season to the after party? But this is a, um, it's just, it's a different situation where there's a wedding and then there's an after party after the reception. So same kind of thing. And um, both of them very fun. So definitely check that out. We're trying to figure out what we're going to watch next. Maybe it's a Wes Anderson movie. I don't know. On my own, for my own stitching and just TV watching time, I am still working through Virgin River. I think I talked about that last time. I'm, I'm somewhere in season four. So I kind of talked about what that's about. It's not exactly a new show, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, and once I found out that the main character, her name's Mel, she seemed vaguely familiar and she was Sophie um, on This Is Us. And then that just made me like it that much more. So, so that's what's going on 
there. Um, we really realized we need to start watching some more movies. So um, maybe during the Christmas break, we might actually watch a few more movies. I'm up for suggestions if you have any. All right, for the last segment, um, you know, this part of the podcast changes from podcast to podcast, and it's going to be a little bit of a a potpourri today because I just make notes of things that I want to tell you. (laughs) And this one is more in the the, uh, housekeeping kind of uh, vein. So we have a coffee pot that it has one of those um, kind of stainless steel thermoses. You know, the coffee, instead of going into a glass carafe, it's a stainless steel thermos carafe and um I know we had noticed for a while that it was getting kind of yucky inside there and so we tried all kinds of things to clean it my husband worked in the restaurant you know business when he was in his um 20s and they would put like ice and salt in it and and swirl it around for for glass carafes we we tried absolutely everything to to really clean this out and nothing really worked and so then we started looking for a replacement because it just felt like this is gross i don't want whatever is just like hanging out (laughs) in the bottom of this coffee pot in my coffee but you could it's a it's a black and decker and there's nothing wrong with the coffee maker we like the coffee maker but cannot find a replacement carafe. So we started, I don't know, for six months, we've been kind of looking for another coffee maker, but feel bad about buying it because I don't want to throw something away that's actually working. So I started Googling and I found a YouTube video with this little tip, and that is to put a dishwasher pod, like a finished dishwasher pod in the coffee pot, fill it with water, leave it overnight. And that's it. So I'm like, what do I got to lose? So I do that the next morning. <laughs> I just dump out this absolute black sludge, rinse, wash the thing out, and it looks absolutely brand new, spanking new, stainless steel interior. And I was absolutely blown away. It like saved us like 70 bucks for buying a new coffee maker. So if you have an issue like that, it was just like, it was like a miracle cure for me. So while we're talking about kitchen stuff, um, or cleaning rather, I've mentioned that, um, I switched over to the clean people brand laundry sheets. I was trying to get away from the microplastics, you know, like those finish <laughs> dishwasher pods that work miracles. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I've used liquid and I've, but then I started using the Kirkland signature, um, version of Tide pods for a while, but feeling vaguely guilty about microplastics. So, um, Clean people, laundry sheets, they work beautifully. They come in a cardboard box. There's absolutely no waste. Love them. Um, You can get some really good deals um, online, and then they absolutely spam you with deals every single week until I actually sent them a very nasty email and said, would you, I've tried to unsubscribe so many times, and if you don't do this, I'm going to report you as spam. And then a human typed back to me like, we are so sorry, I'm unsubscribing you manually right now. So I love them, and I want the good deal, but I guess I only want it when I need it, and I'm, I have plenty for now. Anyways, clean people. So I, then I decided I would also try the clean people dishwasher pods. And um, so we've been using those for a while. And so they are also, it's a pod, but somehow it's a plant-based pod. So it's not microplastics and it's not as good as finish, but it's pretty good. So it's like, you guess you like in the laundry, I don't feel like I'm giving up anything. So for these there, it's like, I don't know, I'm mixed. It's like, I don't know, eight, eight, 85% is good. You know, like it's close. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure I will. I bought a pretty big bag. Um, so I don't know if I will purchase them again. So that's kind of where I fall, 
fall on those. If you have another brand um, besides Clean People where you've tried the laundry pods that are, you know, that are not, not laundry, dishwasher pods that work really well, that are, don't have any microplastics, uh, let me, let me know about that. Um, so, you know, we're getting to the end of the year, which means, you know, we're starting to reflect a little bit on how this year went. And, and I guess maybe next year I'll do a little bit of an update. I, I feel like I did fairly well on most of my goals for this year. But um, one thing that I've, I've decided is going to be one of my things that I want to work on next year is I kind of want to, um, I want to upgrade myself. Like I've been really unhappy with my hair lately. And um, so I started like Googling. I'm like, I'm going to figure out like how to do my hair <laughs> that seems a little bit more updated and perhaps a little less fussy. Like when I travel, I hate that I need to bring like a flat iron and a curling iron. It's like, you know, can I figure something out that's a little less um, of a production, but works for me. And so um, I came across a YouTube channel um, called um, Justin Hickox. The, the, the guy is Justin Hickox. And again, I will put a, um, a link in the show notes and he does hair videos and he does this great thing where people send him photos of themselves and then he walks through, okay, like this, this is what, this is what we can do to improve this. This is kind of, I mean, it sounds negative to say, this is what you're doing wrong. And he's very positive. He's just like, you know, given your face shape, I think that some layering here is going to help, you know, lift up your cheekbones and some bangs here is going to soften up this. And, you know, he's very kind of photoshops it as he's doing it. I mean, in a kind of a, a rudimentary way, but it, it works. And he's got all these like styling, you know, I have kind of longer hair and his wife has longer hair. So there's these tips on, on how to style your bangs and stuff. So anyways, he's, like just a tre treasure trove of information on hair and so I'm just gonna like one at a time I'm gonna figure out my hair I'm gonna figure out skincare and upgrading like my makeup and and then clothes you know I, I feel like I kind of did this a while ago but I feel like at this point nothing's working and so in some ways I think next year that sounds so self-centered but I think my project might be me and to just figure out my like decisions on how to do each of these things and do them well and then set them aside for a while so that that's um, another thing that I'm going to be you know thinking about and kind of journaling about and doing a little research if you have any favorite youtubers or whatever I'm open for tips totally so this will be the last um podcast for 2023 so thank you so much for hanging me hanging with me this year um i love to podcast i know i kind of you know as i'm kind of finding my my feet um with uh, being an empty nester and lots of projects around the house i i didn't podcast as much as i would have liked to so that's another goal for me in 2024 is to get back on my every other week schedule because i do love doing it and one of the things that that holds me back from podcasting is that i think a lot of my creative energy of this year has gone into the house and all the renovations and things we've been doing there which has left me a little bit creatively dry for things like quilting and um, so I think a lot of the big stuff is is over for now and I'm hoping to really just get back into a habit of um, every single day getting in there and, and doing something creatively and I think that'll be really good for my mental health and I'll feel better about how I'm spending my time and I'll be making some beautiful quilts hopefully so um and then I will have more to talk about with you guys. So I'm, I'm going to try to get back on a more regular schedule next year. Before we go, I also want to thank S.J. Steinbeck 
for your review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I absolutely appreciate anyone who takes time to do that. Thank you for your kind words. Um, she talked about it just, you know, feeling like we're sitting down with a friend to have a cup of tea and, and a chat when we have a lot of mutual interests. And that's exactly how I think about this podcast. So thank you for hanging with me. I really appreciate each and every one of you. As always, all the links that I talk about, all the things I talk about, I put in my show notes at the Simple Handmade Everyday um, blog at kristinesser.com. You can find me as at Kristen Esser on Instagram. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Everyday private Facebook group so that we can keep this conversation going. I love it when you guys share what you guys are making over there. Um, I, I haven't been great about posting myself, so I appreciate you guys just sharing with each other because we all love to see what you're making. Have a great week.